I think it's time to grow this dream. Get everybody on the mics together. Okay, three, two, one podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the sudden but inevitable rebop. That, of course, is the podcast where we take two anime-resistant first-timers one week and two episodes at a time through the series Cowboy Bebop. We introduce them, I guess you could call it slowly, but we also introduce them semi-forcefully, I suppose, that you could say. Anyways, I, of course, am your host, Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Jesse, and I want to say hello, good morning, and welcome to everybody who is already showing up in our live chat. That is Rona and Sinacera. Hello. Hello from Scotland. Rona, thank you so much for being here from Scotland. I believe it's 6.30 in the morning where you are. That's the coolest thing. And Sinacera is counting down for us. Three, two, one, podcast. So, now that that's all out of the way, of course, I am not doing this wonderful, wonderful show alone. I had to bring a trusty co-host with me. Of course, this season, that trusty co-host is, of course, Miss at, <laughs> at Miss My Armcast, Kylie herself. Kylie, how has your week been so far? It's been so great. Um, but again, I mean, I guess I say this all the time, but this weekend particularly, I'm excited to podcast tonight, man. Just excited. Very cool. Any particular yeah. reason you're very excited to podcast? Is it just these episodes or did you just need a, a break from real life? Oh, gosh. I would say a little bit of both. Um, gosh, the episodes, though. Pretty good. Yeah. Yep. I feel that yep. big time. Um, so. Since he's sitting right there next to you, why don't you go ahead and introduce our first of our first two anime resistant first timers? Oh, do you mean this handsome gentleman who is sitting next to me? Oh, our, oh, oh, please, please. Our, our head of Twist My Arm podcast, that is Josh, the Hi. Josh. <laughs> Hi. How's it going, every guy? Every, guys? every guy. <laughs> Josh, how was you your week? week? It was good. It was great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. <sighs> Jeez. Um. Everything always happens in the Twist My Arm Network. Everything. Yeah. Marvel Can of Madness on Wednesday. The new uh, Quest Me came out today. The oh. new episode with Messiavor came out uh, Wednesday. Last? Just, yeah, all just all sorts of things. So, um, yeah, week's, week's been good. I'm excited to be here. I yeah. Was, I was just telling Kylie before the show I'm excited to do this one because it's going to be fun. Yeah, let's uh, get that cycle started back up for you. We'll we'll do a show for you on Friday, and then you can spend some time over the weekend doing whatever you'd like, and then on Monday you can start making <laughs> podcasts again. So, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> of course, we can't do this with just one anime resistant first timer. I mean, we could, but that wouldn't be as fun. So, of course, like we do here at Sudden But Inevitable, we're bringing our friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D along for the ride. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. 
How has your week been, my friend? It has been a good week. Uh, watched a couple of good episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, also put together a Best Flicks episode about the In the Heights, the Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, musical. I did it with Jesse Bailey right here, uh, and it turned out really well. I actually did that for one of our viewers, Rosie. She sent me a DM on Twitter, and she was just talking about musicals, uh, talking about this new one, In the Heights, and I figured that was more than enough motivation for me to do an episode based on that. So if anybody else has something they want me to watch, maybe it's something brand new coming to HBO, maybe it's something, an old favorite, maybe they want me to watch something they think I'm going to hate. I will take any recommendations and I will put together a podcast because I just, I'm wanting to get a little bit more interaction out of some of the viewers and I think this is a good way to approach that. So send me your ideas and I'd love to put something together for you. If I may clear my throat and then continue the episode that, Ricky D from Best Flicks and Ricky D and I did for Best Flicks was very fun. Uh, I kind so of, much fun. yeah, In the Heights was on my radar. I like, I knew that it existed, but I hadn't really planned to watch it. Not out of spite or anything. It was just, I didn't, I didn't have a moment really. I got to watch Cowboy Bebop as much as I can. And if I'm being honest, I want to watch Cowboy Bebop as much as I can. So, um, but you know what? When your Potter and family reaches out and needs help, there's nothing that you can do but help. And in that spirit, Josh and I and Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D have been planning what we like to call TMA PodCon 2021, which is a little virtual brainstorming indie podcasting session. It's going to be video chats and video segments and sort of how-tos we're going to have best editing practices, sound quality practices, you know, how we took this show, for example, from zero to a thousand downloads. If you go to twistmyarmpodcast.com, you will get a pop-up that asks you to register very politely, I might add, for TMA PodCon 2021. Now, most importantly here, everything is free. Of course, we're not selling anything. We're just a bunch of indie podcasters making a show for a show that we love with people that we love. And we want to help everybody else that wants to do that do the same thing. So we've got people like Aaron from It's a Fandom Thing pod coming on. We've got uh, Cameron from Green Shirt. We've got Sean from Cheap Seed. We have a lot of people involved and excited about this so if you're listening right now and you're an indie podcaster and you're like man i just want some advice from somebody that's done it i don't want to how to you know make a million dollars i just want some examples of what's worked this is what you're looking for so go to twistmyarmpodcast.com and register for tma podcon 2021 a rising tide lifts all ships and we would love to be part of your tide now speaking of rising tides you guys there's a lot to get through today we Correct. of course, <laughs> we of course have crossed the one thousand follower threshold on Twitter, and I just want to say whoa, thank whoa. you again to everybody. Now, of course, that comes along with the sudden but one K Blu-ray giveaway, and all you have to do to win the complete series of Cowboy Bebop on Blu-ray plus the SDCC twenty sixteen Serenity Challenge coin, plus the Loot Crate Independence Firefly patch, is. Go to our Twitter, at SuddenButt, like and retweet our contest thread, leave us a rating review on Apple or Podchaser, give us a reply, screenshotting that review, boom, you're entered. The contest is going to run all of July. On that note, the week of July 30th, there will not be a show that week. That happens to be my birthday. And um, when when you have an indie podcast and you schedule podcasts on important days, it 
it creates a ripple effect. Let's just say that. So instead of doing that, we're just going to take a week off. And I feel like that's okay. And I feel like that's going to help keep us fresh. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us continue to deliver high quality Cowboy Bebop podcasts to you guys. Now, before I stop talking, I'm going to say hello to Philip in the chat. That is Phil. Phil. He was on our, ep- on our show a couple yo, yo. episodes back. Um, Phil, consider this your formal invitation to return. We'd love to have you back. We've got some kinks worked out and we'd like to have you back for a full show that's full of quality, you know. Not to imply that yours wasn't, but on our end, it could have been better. On your end, it was great, and we say thank you again. We'd love to have you back. Um, also, hello to, again, Sinisera and Rona. You guys, I, to have anybody in our live chat for a show is just mind-blowingly cool, so I just want to say thank you as many times as I can. Now, I'm going to catch my breath, and I think that's everything that I have. Before we get into these episodes, Josh, head of the Twist My Arm Podcast Network, is there anything you need to say? Uh, I don't think so, Tim. Kylie? Oh, no, not here. Thank you. <laughs> You're quite welcome. My good friend, Ricky. I was just wondering what was so important about your birthday. Oh, um, oh. for me, nothing. Oh. But for my family, they, they probably <laughs> prefer to spend it with me. Um, oh, you know... God, now that I'm thinking about it with Sinisera here, he posted the most badass video this yes. last week. Mm-hmm. Did you did you get to watch that? I what did. You, what, I got it. what drink was that? The, it was the, the prairie drink. the prairie oyster. The fr- yep. Yeah, the prairie oyster. Man. Would any of you guys try it? I it might kill me, but I'd probably be willing to try it. <laughs> I'd do it too. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'll Josh do would one. Do it. No, I don't think I don't think I could. I don't think that's a thing that I can do at all. Um, but no, he. Uh, that's yeah, w- that this, was cool. He. Uh, I, I could play it. I could play this video. Can you? Can you mute it? We don't yeah, want to get absolutely. pulled for See, the audio. Here we go. Here we go. This is this is for us. <laughs> he posted right, this right. for us, where he makes this this awesome video. Now, Sorry, if you'll so notice. That patch, <laughs> the patch yep. on the right side of his jacket is the one that we are giving away, that star yes. green triangle patch. So if oh, you're liking right. what you're seeing here, you guys, I mean, seriously, um, we're going to add Sinisera to whatever we end up calling the Shepherds of Shine this season. Again, we haven't come up with a name for that yet. We're a little bit behind on some stuff this season because of <laughs> we should real life. just use that awesome one that i threw out and um oh god since, no oh. since ricky's audio is <laughs> muted and i can't hear him look at that serenity patch on the back that's so cool yeah it. that was way cool oh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but as soon as we get that worked out we'll that's start that's putting those folks right in the show notes i have um, a new crush if you go back i think last episode Two episodes New ago, crush? maybe, <laughs> yeah. there is a link to Sinisera's shop and all of the very cool Cowboy Bebop and Firefly stuff that he makes is in there. Definitely worth checking it out. Our very cool listener, Rosie, who Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D had mentioned earlier, has checked out Sinisera's shop and she can vouch for the quality of those items. Now, I think, other than this correction that I'm about to give, I think that's all we have. So the, the only correction that I noticed when I was editing last week's show, you guys, was at the very end, I was trying to rush out and I was trying to say, people are allowed to go outside again. It's finally summer. But what I said was, people are allowed to go outside again and summer is over. 
So if you were listening to that and you had like a mental breakdown because you thought summer was over, I'm very sorry. It's not over. It's just getting started. So my apologies. Thank you for listening. And the correction has been made. If there are no other corrections, I think we should turn it over to at Miss My Armcast so that she can give us the synopsis and a couple of fun facts for episode nine, Jamming with Edward. All right. I'll be ready. Okay. The Bebop crew tries to crack the case of mysterious satellite drawings appearing on Earth's surface, but they'll need help from a hacker known as Radical Edward to earn their bounty. So this one's very exciting. Very excited about this episode. Um, You know, I guess my fun fact, though, is just kind of keeping with the theme of Rolling Stones. Um, I am seeing quite the motif here, Um, but also not only just with Rolling Stones, but like music from 1970s kind of era, classic rock. But anywho, um, Jamming with Edward, the title of the episode or session, my bad. Um, is actually an album by some of the Rolling Stones members. Not all of them, but they, uh, it's like a side project kind of thing. Um, but Jammin' with Edward was an album by the Rolling Stones, most of the members. Hmm. So, that's very cool. Yeah, Rolling Stones again. I wonder, it does make me wonder if that's how they chose the name for the Edward character. Um, oh. Or if it was, they had named the character and then they went, okay, now find a song. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, chicken it's, or the it, egg. Yeah, exactly. When you have those motifs, it's uh, it's interesting to uh, to guess. Yeah, that's great. I, I actually had an, something interesting to add to the fun facts. Those weird lines that the satellite carved all over the Earth, those are actually real. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are they called? Has that like Inca lines or Nazca, Nazca lines? lines. Yeah. Nazca yeah. Lines. yeah. My mm-hmm. first uh, thought on this episode was. Oh, Hal 9000 drawing Nazca lines is a hell of a way to open an episode, yeah? yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, I, <laughs> I had extreme crop circling. <laughs> but then once it pulled out or zoomed out, I was like, oh. And then I thought, oh, is this like a back in time kind of show that this is what's creating the Nazca lines and we're about gotcha. to find out? the. But then obviously, no, I'm just... Dumb and he's uh, just making friends. So in the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. In the literally making friends, in the uh, ancient astronaut theory, the Nazca lines are often pointed to as evidence that aliens helped make those. Um, so of course it was a perfect thing to throw in for this little sci-fi John mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, rock showers would blow. I get upset over regular snow. And hearing that announcement, rock showers incoming, I would be like, oh, my car. Like, I get scared when it hails for my car, and they have rock showers now. Uh, But what did you guys think of this opening? What do you think of our first glimpse of Earth? A little bit desolate, eh? Earth sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, I mean, I mean, in the shows now, right? Um, <laughs> well, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's some good lines in this show, um, yes, or in this session. Yeah. I so this this character that they have, um, uh, Yuri on the news, who's who's explaining. Yes, this is definitely aliens, right? I I feel like that was meant to be close to the H.G. Wells voice that was used for the War of the Worlds broadcast, right? Did anybody else pick up on that? I was trying to figure out what it was. I wrote down, uh, and I'm not sure if he's the right person, 
Ah, shoot. I'm pretty sure it was the guy that played Jafar because the guy that uh, when when he does that voice with like when Jafar's in the cloak and he's like, yes, go into the temple and find the lamp. <laughs> like it, it sounds exactly like him. Vincent good. Price. Oh, he yeah, used yeah, to yeah. do like old, like he'd do the intro to horror movies or radio shows or something, yep. and he kind of talked like that. That's what yeah. I was getting, Vincent Price. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, is that? Do you guys know? Is that what the voice of the brain of Pinky and the is based on? It's like tr- very creepy, Pinky. Right? Like, is that a similar? Is that a connection there? I don't know if that's a connection. Yeah. Somebody sure. with an internet, look know. that up. Um, I'm trying to find out who played that guy <laughs> right now. Is is Earth too local for you, Ricky D? I'm not bringing this up. The live chat is bringing I, this up. I saw it. It's not. No, me. I've made my. <laughs> I've made my. Your piece. Uh, I uh, yeah, I recognize that. Like they even mentioned that uh, the catastrophe of the Earth Gate or something, and that's where all the rocks are coming from. Yep. So as much yeah, as I'd yeah. like these inter- interstellar gates to occupy a larger world. It's, we've been getting enough information that it is really only in our solar system, and I can accept that. Yeah, I and I appreciate that. I just had to, I I like to be the voice of the live chat when possible. Um, I uh, did you guys notice that shot that was like boom space trash? And I thought, yeah. okay, call back to our first episode when we talked about how much trash there actually is in space, which is a thing that you can look up. Um, maybe I'll. I'll find a, a link and put it in the show notes. Josh, do you remember what an otaku is from Metal Gear Solid? Oh God. I wrote down what is an otaku. Um, nice. Uh, oh my God. No, I don't. I can't I can't tell you. Okay, so do you remember the character Otacon? Of course, of course. Okay, so he said Say. I'm I'm an otaku, so call me Otacon. An otaku is now Phil correct me if i'm wrong here but an otaku is a name for like an anime uber fan right uh like they're super into anime and they go to the conventions they have all the posters they buy tons of collectible merchandise that kind of thing i feel like i've heard that word before yeah so it's a little bit of a nerd dig right which we also get from Faye here so i love the difference here that spike thinks immediately goes hackers are boring and Faye essentially goes yeah hackers are also easy because they have no confidence, they live in basements. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a great a great uh, job. Phil clarifies just a big fan of anything, but usually applied to anime fans. So that would be like um, somebody in America who stands something. If you've ever seen that terminology, I believe which stems from the Eminem song of the same name. I'm not 100 percent on that. Um, the kids Kylie these days. Loves Eminem. Their, their favorite slang rapper. is very advanced. He's really good. That's a good favorite rapper to have, Kylie. <laughs> yeah. No. That's not that bad. Um, mm, no, no. He's being and, absolutely sarcastic. And I sarcastic. think the thing that Kylie loves <laughs> the most about Eminem is roll. that when he was coming up in Michigan, is that he was so helpful to all his fellow rappers. For example, the insane Jungle clown leaf. posse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why Kylie loves him, is that he has so much outreach and you know help with the community of rappers there. So. <laughs> Um, hi, Callie, in the live chat. You've <laughs> just dropped in on me attempting to upset Kylie Th- in, thanks, a, in a Callie. very sweet, honest way. Um, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> it's okay to be late. We're just happy to have you here. No need to apologize. 
Uh, <laughs> we were just talking about otakus and how they can be a fan of anything, not just anime, but usually anime. Um, I have a question for you guys. Do you think that Ed in this scene is purely infatuated by the name Bebop? Is that like, is the ship name? Oh, is that why Ed picks that ship? What did you guys feel about that scene? Let's have Ricky D go first. Well, one question I had about this character, Ed Edward, is he made out of that gender fluid stuff I've been hearing so much about? <laughs> so, if I may, Ed, please. And I obviously that I made that in a kind of a rude, good. joking way, but is. Is Ed a gender-fluid character? I assure you all, Ricky D is an open-minded, wonderful person. Um, yes, I am just make bad jokes. So, <laughs> Okay, so Edward Wong Hao Pepelu Tuverutsky IV, I believe is how she pronounced it. Um, yes, she. The character, I believe, is... I mean, I, I know this for a fact. The character is female. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the assignment of the name especially knowing that she picked it and especially knowing that there are sort of all of these myths surrounding Ed, right? Is radical Ed, right? I think mm-hmm. serves to just further mystify the character, right? It's just another layer of uh, who is this unknowable person. Uh, and I think that's part of her goal. Um, but to answer your question, she is a female and she is, I think, 13? I believe she's 13. But to Phil's point, her presentation is quite wibbly. If you're a Doctor Who fan, I, that's actually love a technical that word. term. Yes. Uh, oh, oh. I'm so, sorry. I am ignorant to Doctor Who. I have... Wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey. There you go. Ricky D knows the reference, and he's never mm-hmm. watched Doctor Who. So I've seen three episodes. Oh, which Doctor? I got to ask. Do you know? Oh, I think it was David Tennant. Okay, Ricky, you have to watch the episodes of Doctor Who with the bad guy from Gone in 60 Seconds. I have... Nicholas Cage? No, the bad guy. The, like... He's always a bad guy. The carpenter guy? Yeah, Nicholas guy? Cage is yeah, always the English bad. Guy. You shut your mouth. The, the English guy. Um, I need 50 yeah. cars and I have no cars. Um, <laughs> yeah. I cannot remember his name. I, I can, I'm sorry. Oh, Christopher Eccleston is his name. He also played... Yes. The main villain in Thor The Dark World, which I'm sure is where you know him from. Anyways, he was great in Gone in 60 Seconds, and he was actually the first Doctor on the reboot of Doctor Who. So definitely check that out. The ninth Doctor, according to Phil. Phil is correct. And then Tenant was 10, which is really easy to remember. And then uh, 11 was Matt Smith. And then 12 was Peter Capaldi. 13 was Jodie Whittaker. Did Doctor I don't, I don't Who started out on the radio in the 1910s or something? Yes. Well, essentially. For for your purposes... Well, it was a radio show? For your purposes, yes. I, and it's been a TV show. It's the longest running, like, continuous series technically, I think, ever. But there was a big gap of, like, 20 or 30 years where it was not a show. Um, but the... Like, left in the 70s and came back in the 90s, right? I think it came back in the early 2000s, maybe the late maybe 2000s. The 80s but it was... Then, okay. I'm not 100% on any of the timeline here, but um, it, it, it the, the character in that show, Josh, is somebody who continually changes form. So every time they change the actor, they are still the same character. They just look different. So it's kind of a cool Fireworks. way that they can keep it all running, and that character gets to retain all their memories and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and 
That um, makes sense. So, uh, I don't know how we got... Oh, I do remember how we got onto talking about Doctor Who, but um, before we talk about Doctor Who any further, I just wanted to say this this shot of the Bebop fins breaking the water, right, when, they, when they're going mm. down. To me, that shows that the people animating this show really truly understand satisfying cinematic moments right because if that were in live action that would be something you want to see you want to see those fins cut into the water um oh thank you callie it sounds like i got all the doctors since 2005 uh that was off the top of my head the only thing i have in front of me are my show notes so um i just yeah so that shot would be satisfied that shot is satisfying right just just like it would be in live action and it feels to me, the shot, the show feels like it could be shot in live action easily because they pay attention to these tiny little visually pleasing details. Um, and then there's another one in the next episode that I'll try to remember. But so they're looking for Ed, and we get the same tactic for both bounty hunters, but through different mediums, right? So Jet goes out walking the beat, and he hears all these crazy stories. The uh, seven-foot-tall used to play basketball. Definitely a dude, maybe only three years old, drag queen who got an operation. Um, that was my favorite say, character of yeah. this episode, that Rasta guy. Yeah. yeah, man. He was, like, a basketball player or something, man. And, like, and the music behind him was just making it even better. The, uh, it was it was perfect. He's, he was even smoking like a cigar. He was smoking a blunt, is what he was smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I, I've heard of of Edward. Man, is he's pretty cool. Like <laughs> they all say that he's a good hacker. They all have different yeah. details, except for that one. That detail stays the same. Now, when Faye goes looking for Ed, she goes, "I'm going to use these transponder signals." And she opens up her screen, and there's like a hundred transponder signals. So it's the exact same tactic both times, just different mediums. Here's a bunch of false signals that will keep you from knowing who I am, where I am, what I'm doing, what I'm up to. I really like that little detail. Um, so we are introduced to not HAL 9000, but CPU D135AS. Uh, how did you guys, Ricky D, did you get immediate HAL 9000 vibes right at the start of this episode? Yes, I had started out with that big orange eyeball. Yeah. Or red, rather. The big red mm-hmm. eyeball. Yeah. And there was just... And then we have this sentient computer, and it just... It screamed Hal. Even the voice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Josh, have you seen 2001 oh, A Space Odyssey? I uh, have. Be careful. Okay. Um, oh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I have seen it, and I know who you were referring to. I also... Oh, man, I always think of War Games with uh, Matthew Broderick and that killer computer i haven't seen that really right. yeah is it Would available like to, to well. game <laughs> <laughs> i do like the emotionless cold calm calculated collected voice right oh look mm-hmm. i'm going to draw some friends here i can't do that dave you know um yeah but i just i Good yeah morning, I, dave what was the name that she gave him was it mpu mpu mpu, MPU. Did that make sense to you guys? Well, she said it was like CPU, it's MPU. but then she just changed it to MPU, and that what does the for me. PU <laughs> and CPU yeah. stand for? Processing unit. So, so maybe it's major processing unit. We'll see. Is central? 
maybe. Uh, so so the, the C would be the central processing unit. So I almost thought like she was doing like an empathy thing, right? Like MPU, em- empathic CPU, like you're my friend now or you're feeling something. I couldn't really tell. It felt underdeveloped. Mm. Like it was just a weird thing. No, I think she was just making a, a cool name. But but like the name, but to to me the name didn't make sense. Like I don't know where the MPU came from. Is that's why I'm asking? Because I like I want to (laughs) know why she picked MPU. Yeah, I I I I think of it more as like Kylie naming her plant. Yeah. So my my uh, work is like abbreviations. Yeah. Would be oh, gotcha. Equivalent gotcha. to yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, hmm. so if you ever go to my work, uh, we so we have to change our passwords. I think every sixty days or something like that mm-hmm. on all of our different accounts. So you just put a different number at the end. No, so mine are all. They can't be similar. They actually oh. check them against your oh, old that's passwords. So rash. No, it's actually fun because it means that my passwords are all really fun. So like I've had. <laughs> I know. I've had like pretty floral bonnet. As my uh, <laughs> password, I've had. Um, Love it. What was what was the one that I had first? Oh, I've had the word spelled out seventeen oh one, which anybody listening who's mm-hmm. a Trekkie mm-hmm. knows why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Actually, really cool fun fact, you guys. I checked our stats today, and I think I may have mentioned last I episode, saw that. but in case I haven't, <laughs> I last episode, we were really close to having our biggest month ever. June ended up being our most downloaded month ever, so thank you to everybody out there who's listening or watching. You guys are amazing. I can't believe that our, our first month back after a long hiatus, well, a three-and-a-half-week hiatus, is our most downloaded month ever. That blows my mind. We're like, we're at almost 400 downloads in 30 days, and that just warms my heart. So, but I checked it today, and we are sitting at 1,701 downloads. That is... (laughs) (laughs) Space. The final frontier. This is now a Star Trek podcast. These are, oh, I'm just no. kidding. We're not doing that. Um, <laughs> yet. Oh, man. So, that was um, good. That was good. So I got some definite, there's a few different places that I got some definite Firefly vibes in this episode of Cowboy Bebop, my friends. The first one being uh, Jet saying, hey, missiles are expensive. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe don't use the missiles if you can avoid it, right? That was very, just felt like something Mal would say, like, Yes, we can. It's like when they the Firefly is just a transport ship, or that that one time where they kind of came swooping in aggressively and they were uh, threatening the people that like had Mal captured or something. Very similar. It yeah, and it it was like that was not the only moment to me that felt like Firefly in this episode, but that was definitely one of them. Um, I I have to ask this because a couple of episodes back you may remember we asked was twinkle maria murdoch the inspiration for mom from the the mom corporation on on firefly or sorry futurama um do you guys think Faye might be the reason that leela has purple hair hmm interesting that came out at the end of 99 right yeah yeah, but, uh, you know, Futurama came out in '99. Hmm. I know that for a fact. Very possible. Space Perhaps. girl, possible. white top, kicks a lot of butt. I just uh, 
pink hair, purple hair, rather. I can't even remember it for a full minute. This is the anyways. Episode. Yeah, why did Faye even try to wear clothes when she was sunbathing? <laughs> by the way, oh, that's, yeah, the that's next. Just silly. Yeah, that's the next episode. Actually, is it? Oh, yeah. my bad. God, it's okay. Damn it. It's okay. But <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I love that Callie in the live chat thinks that we are incredibly nerdy, and Rona, her mother, said it's not that nerdy. Even I got that reference. So I guess we should step our game up, you guys. If you have any whoa, deep cuts, whoa. get them ready and bring whoa. them out at like the least expected moment because we need to start impressing Rona, okay? Callie downloads every episode. I know that for a fact. And I know that Sinisera downloads every episode. But Rona, I mean, she's she needs to be impressed by our next reference, you guys. So no more references until they're good. I'm totally kidding. Um, Challenge until accepted. Until they're good. So... The release sound that plays here when when Spike releases his pod from his ship is definitely from StarCraft. Or it was a stock sound that was used in StarCraft as part of the siege tank um, mm-hmm. siege mode animation when they would put I out gotcha. their, their hydraulic legs. Yes, thank you, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Josh. You and I somehow actually didn't play a lot of like the same games growing up like you were kind of always playing I, I don't mean this to sound how it will sound but you were sort of always playing zelda or nintendo or nintendo sounds like good choices that, something that i wasn't playing um <laughs> no matter what year it was you were like did you play zelda <laughs> like do you remember that <laughs> you remember that story uh about my stepmom and the brownies and the yeah. shit you remember that story so same same thing applies to my video games Man, when they found out that I was playing Conker's Bad Fur Day and found Ooh. out what that was, it was not a good time. But I I got a PlayStation when I was probably 17, I think. It was the mm. first time I got a PlayStation. And that's when I played like a bunch of those RPG games and Metal Gear Solid and like all the fun stuff. Siphon filter, all that good stuff. But I would wait until it was like several console generations later. So we were playing like PS3 or Xbox 360, and I'd borrow my friend's PS1 and all his games. Cause they're like, they didn't care. They're like, yeah, this thing is just collecting dust. And I'm like, oh, Grand Theft Auto 1 in 2004. Down. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People I've been playing the 64 for 10, 15 years. People in the live chat, what was the first video game that you purchased with your own money? Oh, my God. I just would love to know. All right, just as a fun what have you guys been up to sort of thing um, oracle of seasons my Mega friends Man three on game my Boy. friends Ocarina of time i have an announcement here. to make <laughs> listener friend and podcast fan extraordinaire rosie has arrived to the live chat hello rosie thank you <laughs> so much <laughs> you didn't uh, miss rosie's asking what she missed and i do want to let her know i made a podcast for her uh we. jesse and yes. i watched in the heights and we put together a best flicks yet just yesterday, so that will be released either tomorrow or Sunday. It's going to nice. be glorious. Yeah. Rosie, look at the fireworks. Okay, so Callie's taking notes for our uh, Josh and Jesse trilogy, the J and J trilogy. <laughs> yes, um, it's gonna be great. Philip says Epic. he thinks that his first video game purchase with his own money was Smash Bros. Melee. I purchased Ooh. a used PlayStation 1. 
I believe it came with Siphon Filter, the aforementioned, and the also mm. aforementioned Metal Gear Solid one. Mm. And uh, there was one other game. I think the other game that I bought with it was um, Omega Boost, which was a giant robots in space game with Static X on the soundtrack. If you don't believe me, because I know that sounds insane, <laughs> go look it up. It was great. That's epic. Um, Ricky says that Phil, he can confirm that Phil did not own his own console until college. That is brutal. Sinisera says, first video game, first video game, Mario Duck 1. Hunt. We're asking the first oh, one that you sorry. purchased with your own money. Is that Was that Mario 1? But, I mean. That you that saved was- up your allowance to get you mowed the lawn. Yeah. For like a month. Cali D Just says, so you could play games. I never bought the games. I only ever stole my sibling stuff and then my boyfriend slash husband stuff. So nice. that's the way to go. That sounds about right. Um, I'm not saying that this is what solidified my choice to marry my wife because it was not, but it didn't hurt. When we went back to her family's home in California, her mother, this is the first time I met her mother, and she was like, hey, we have a box of your stuff under the bed. Go get it out. And she pulled out a box that had a working Super Nintendo with all the cords and controllers and like 20 games. So nice. I was like, is this yours? And she said, it's mine or my sister's. And I said, is this yours? And she said, <laughs> yes. And I was like, wonderful. So now we have that at our house. <laughs> um, nice. Yes, Kylie's got the 64. So, uh, and that's, uh, and that's all great. the games, that's yeah. Very cool. Rona says she's never played a video game. You've never played Pac-Man or... Purchased. She oh, never purchased. purchased. Yeah, that's what, yeah. She says, I don't, I don't I think, think I've, I've even, even played, played one. one. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Kayla's has plenty of cool games. Kayla's is Callie D's sister, Rona's other daughter. We have a whole clan that is hanging out adjacent to our show, you guys. If this is not found family, then I don't know what is. Now, yeah, and speaking of that, if, you, uh, if you're if you listening to this podcast forum, join us on Fridays at 8.30 and you can get in on the live chat. You can also hit us up at 508-93-TWIST and get in on the conversation um, because it's it'd be fun. It'd be fun to hear from you. Leave, leave us a voicemail at that number too, and we'll uh, we'll get you in on the show. And if you happen to enter, say I don't know the at sudden but Twitter one k Blu Ray giveaway, and that contest involves leaving us a rating and review. If you do that part of that, we'll read it on the show, and then people will know how cool you are and how supportive you are. I mean, we already know how supportive you are, so. Even if you don't have time, that's totally fine. We've got a couple entries now. If it comes down to switch, like flipping a coin between two or three different people to give this stuff away, I'll do it. But I don't think it will. You have a whole month to enter, so make sure you enter. Go to Twitter, follow at Sudden But That's Me. Now, do you, guys have, <laughs> do you guys have any other specific notes on this episode that you would like to cover before I get to the synopsis for the next episode. Um, I don't feel like we talked a lot about Edward and how awesome she is. Yeah. Um, especially at the end when... Yes, I was just <laughs> going to say that. When Faye is like, nah, nah, promises are made to be broken. And Jet's like, what did you promise Ed? <laughs> and then you come to find out like... And of course, Ed hacks into their ship, turns it around... Uh, and dances and does all these crazy, weird yes. things, motions as she's 
getting this thing. Like, what does she say? She says, "Not uh, coming for Ed, ooh la la." <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good impression. Yes, it was. It was great. Then, well, yeah. They, oh man, I love New that fave. Ed gave them a chance. Right? She didn't pull yeah. them down right away to be like, "Hey, you're coming to get me." She let them go of their own volition to be like, "Oh, well, they're definitely going to come get me." Right? Um, yep. Oh, Miss Rosie. <laughs> You haven't missed the entire first episode. We just kind of, we've we're gone fairly quick through it. And that's why Josh is having to rein me in and be like, wait, no, let's talk about this whole episode. So uh, you're right. I love that Ed <laughs> finally joins the crew, a dog, a child, and a woman with attitude. And to Rosie's yes. point, the relationship between Ed and Ayn only blossoms and becomes more wonderful and beautiful from here. Spoiler alert. Um what other notes it's did you a, have from this It's a this wonderful one, crew. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Uh, oh, the, the newscaster at the end when they're talking about, I, I laughed out loud pretty hard when they were like, turns out the hacker was a satellite. <laughs> so and it's not like our if, fault. If you were to, yeah, if you were to see that on any sort of real newscast, you'd be like, that's fake. This is TMZ, right? What's going on here? Um. But the then, outfit, the outfit oh. for the female on the Bounty Hunter show, is <laughs> ridiculous. Did. I was yeah, I was like wow, it's so ridiculous. Pointed that out. Yep. Yeah, and also that what a what a cop out for not having to pay them. It just saved the Earth from becoming one big Nazca line, and they're like, yeah, it was not a sentient creature, so we don't have to pay you anything. It was just a satellite. I find that to be garbage. And to Callie's point, the music was great. <laughs> Although I really enjoyed the music of the next episode more oh, yeah. than this one. Just because of, and we're going to get into that. Um, but yeah, I I think aside from the satellite and, uh, oh, and, <laughs> no, never mind. That's my line of the show. Never mind. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> well, and I yes, I uh, couldn't let it profit. Wouldn't be civilized. It's it's a it's a nod to that ever present bureaucracy of the law, right? Like there's always a chance that you will get screwed for doing the right thing, and I mean that's a theme that pops up all over Firefly repeatedly. Um, so to see it reiterated here in this very cool anime space western is not a surprise, but it is a welcome addition in my opinion. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Now that you understand the Ed character this much better, did you have any other questions or thoughts on Ed from this episode? I don't think so. I think I misgendered Ed when I mentioned my joke earlier. So uh, apologies for that. I think it happens. I think it happens throughout the show. Like I think other characters do it as well. I actually had uh, to ask Kylie. I was like, wait, so Ed is a girl? Yeah, they clarified it very him, briefly at the end yeah. of this episode. She, yeah. yeah, Faye did say that she was a girl. Which, I, I don't, I mean, it's, Ed's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think Ed is uh, like I'm favorite. loving the character, though. Which, I'm which is great that, that you made me in the background to be Ed's Ed's character. I'm so happy you, you did that. There, Thank there you. was one scene <laughs> in, I think it was last week's episode or maybe the week prior of Sudden But Inevitable, where Josh went to get 
something off the screen and he he like leaned off directly into his silhouette basically perfectly <laughs> and i don't know if he did nice. it on purpose but it was like i almost took a screenshot but i didn't want to change any <laughs> settings so i'm gonna go back and grab it and i'll probably put it on our instagram speaking of our instagram at sudden but inevitable podcast if you're not already following us there, I got to say, you're missing out. I put everybody's choices for shot of the show up this week, and it's really, it's really, really fun. You get to swipe through all of them. You can tell us which one you like the best. I have all the time codes included. I That way, if you're watching along, you can actually stop at the scene that we are talking about when we mention our shots of the show, and you can let us know what you thought and why we were so ridiculously correct to pick those frames. So... I guess I should say, folks in the live chat, is there anything that you feel like we have to talk about before we move to the next episode, which of course is episode 10, Ganymede Elegy. Now, while I'm waiting for the chat to respond, Sinicera, spoiler alert, Ricky did not pick that shot for a shot of the oh. show. And I think it's because you scared him. He was, he was like, they know, what am I going to do? And I, I was on the lookout for what you guys thought I was going to pick, but I didn't see anything that really struck me. Well, I, know I mean, the one sh- that I did pick, but nothing pick struck me as something that I should pick. I know the shot he's talking about, and we'll talk about it. I don't think any of us picked it, and I don't remember the time code for it, but we'll talk about the shot because I know which shot it is. Um, okay. we, <laughs> uh, Rosie says, the music, yes. So this is very, like, it, it has that, sort of frantic pacing in some of the scenes um and it has that slow pacing uh kind of reminded me of the song uh what is it don't bother none i think which was from uh stray dog strut episode two of cowboy bebop which is that cool like very slow uh western song that plays when he's following hakeem through the alley i think or sorry not not uh stray dog strut this would have been sympathy for the devil I apologize. This is when he's following Giraffe through the alley. My bad. If you guys, did you guys notice that when Ed was going through the Bebop's computer, she found the file for Giraffe? That was like one oh, of no, the. I did not. Yeah, that was one of the files that was still up on the screen. That was his. I bounty. thought about oh. pausing and kind of. Yeah. I'm sure there's all kinds of little spoilers and Easter eggs and that kind of stuff in those shots, yeah. but yeah. I didn't stop it. Um, Rosie, I'm going to write down your shot of the show because I. Haven't written everybody else's time codes down, so if that is somebody else's shot, we'll mention your name when we get there. Now, unless you guys have anything else you think we need to cover from this episode, I think we should hand it back over to Kylie at Miss My Armcast so that she can give us the synopsis and fun facts for episode 10, Ganymede Elegy. Cool. Um, so when a case takes the Bebop crew to Jet's old stomping ground, the big man crosses paths with an old lover and her wanted boyfriend. Um, my fun fact for this one is not a Rolling Stone, but it is a 1970s era classic rock. Um, Black Dog is um, Jet's nickname. Hey, hey Mama song. said the way you move. So, yeah, exactly. Gonna make you sweat. Make so you so sweat. that one popped out to me like right away, of course. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, yes, correct. And I, I do love that about that. I love that about Jet that he is Jet Black Dog, right? Um, yes. So, I everyone that he knows is expositional. Have you guys noticed that? 
Like, (laughs) anyone that he calls or that calls him is like, hey, here's four solid minutes of setup, which I'm okay with. Again, I've repeatedly mentioned it. But at some point, it's like, maybe somebody else has friends that know stuff, Jet. (laughs) But I, I, you know. How did you guys like this little, this opening scene that we get in this shot? Josh and Mikey. Uh, Very upsetting. Very (laughs) upsetting. The bad guy threw something at Ayn? Yes. It can't mm-hmm. Not okay. Can't mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. I was like, if they don't kill him, I'm going to be really <laughs> upset. <laughs> As a general consensus, yes. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, cannon, dude. Like, yeah. they, they, had to, they had to pan off screen because he hit that dog so hard. Not even Wine animators so would bad. draw that. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, head cannon, uh, as soon as he got to jail, they killed him. Um, yeah, they absolutely <laughs> did. You know, they that's very interesting. Him. We saw an episode of a child getting shot in the face, and that was not censored. But when he right. kicked the dog, they <laughs> made sure to take that off screen. That's Cause, very interesting. Because I would stop watching the show if they showed it. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am glad that he kind of got what he deserved from that awesome character of Ed just mm-hmm. jumping on his on his face. <laughs> And then biting and then, him repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a weirdo. Like a savage. Which yeah. is what he was worried that the dog was going to do, of course. So. Yeah. That adorable little corgi. <laughs> the, the shot of the uh, flames in the hammerhead thrusters when Jet takes off, right? That's the second shot. Um, much like the bebop fins cutting into the water that I was talking about from the last episode that made me go, man, they're really paying attention to the details. And then shortly after that, we get another shot that does that for me, which is the alcohol being poured over the ice cubes in Jet's drink. It doesn't, it doesn't flow and fill up immediately, right? It's not badly animated. It's very, it looks like an alcoholic drink being poured. And it is just, it's a detail that's this big. And I think that's why I love it so much. Um, How did you guys feel about this? I mean, it's definitely, let's start with Ricky D. This is definitely our slowest paced episode yet, I would would say by a good meter. Um, How how did you feel about it? I thought this episode was awesome. I didn't think it was very slow paced at all. I didn't say it was bad. I said it was slow paced. (laughs) Well, but even still, I, I don't think it was. And it's because I'm a big fan of like serialization in shows and so getting a little bit of jet's backstory mm-hmm. was really interesting to me because you don't get a lot of it up to now um and figuring out you know why he said the things he did about women in the last one in the last episode like i don't you know i don't follow women and spike's like well you just have to lead her and he's like i don't do that either so <laughs> you kind of you kind of figure out why he's uh he's a little bitter um, but also, you know, why he chose the life he did, why he's out on the run and not, not on the run, but like on the road with mm-hmm. this guy doing bounty hunting. Cause he couldn't stand being at home anymore. And it's, it's tragic, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I, so if I say slow pace, um, I don't mean that you mean there's not a lot of actions? No, no, I don't mean that nothing happens. I mean that the scenes take their time. So to that point, there's oh, a shot. In the bar yeah, there's a shot a in the time. bar of them 
It's actually from, it's shot from behind them. And I believe one of us chose this, so we don't have to bring it up right now. But that shot actually lasts uh, from 1222 to 1252. It is one continuous shot, no motion, no cuts. It's just Mm. one shot. And I I looked at the time on it. Yeah, because it's 30 seconds straight. Now, I I wrote it down because I was wondering, Josh, is this going to, bump you are you immediately going to be like they did this because it's cheap or were you enthralled enough in the conversation to think wow i'm okay i'm totally paying attention i'm into this i haven't noticed that nothing has happened motion wise for 30 seconds did that did that bump you how did you get through that scene i was all about it but is isn't that the scene where they like zoom in on the face for a split second and then zoom back out Yes, it's, they did do that a couple times. It's be- See, uh, that happens after the scene that. that I'm talking about. The scene that I'm okay, talking about okay. is one shot for 30 seconds straight. And I, that, I didn't that honestly, intercut, I didn't though, even notice that. Yeah, so that intercut that you're talking about, where they're like blinking at her face, I took that to be um, Spike's or sorry, Jet's POV, right? Like that's him stealing glances at her while she's telling the story, and he doesn't want her to know that he's looking at her, right? Like he's. He's just looking up at her really quick from his drink, and we're supposed to be getting those flashes of her face as his POV. Um, but I think it's really cool that you actually didn't notice there was a 30-second shot that nothing happened in, because I noticed bef- I know in the start of the show, you would notice some shots where the animation was either slower or non-existent. You would go, okay, that feels <laughs> yeah. like they're just panning over a picture, right? So yeah. I think... Well, that's that's just a trope of anime, though, that's kind of... I, I notice it, right. but I'm not going to call it out every time. And also, like, again, I was all about this story arc yeah. here and hearing more about him. And a lot of it has to do with the music. Because when Jet is first getting in there and you're listening to the music of him walking through the town and doing all that stuff, it's very, I'm back home and it's a lonely feeling walking through the town kind of song. Yep. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like any of those movies that you watch where mm-hmm. the hero goes back to his hometown, there's always some sort of somber type of music that I'm all about that stuff because it's, it's, it was a very, I don't know, it was, it was written so perfectly for this episode. Like whatever whatever they did with that music in this one was, was perfect because it captured the feeling of Jet, I mean, almost so, too... A T. So, uh, the title of this episode, Ganymede Elegy. Of course, they're on Ganymede, which is uh, Jet's home satellite. I I know um, that music type. Do you use Elegy? Yes. Yeah. Do you know? So, an Elegy. I looked it up because I I it sounded cool, but I didn't know what it was. So, it's a poem of serious reflection, typically a lament for the dead. So, in this case, Jet and Elise's relationship would be the dead one. Um, well, his home is kind of dead to him, too. He doesn't even consider that a home much anymore, I feel like. And that whole life is just dead to him. Mm-hmm. Ricky? I also want to point out in Majora's Mask, the uh, <laughs> Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, one of the songs you learn is the Elegy of Emptiness. Yes. And it puts kind of like this statue the of a statue. dead body in front of you. So... Go, that goes to your definition Dude. of the word elegy. One of my favorite games. One of my favorite Zelda games of all time, Majora's Mask. It is so freaking dark. Oh, I love it. Philip in the chat says, yup. 
And I <laughs> am happy that we could provide that for you, Phil. Oh, I knew Phil would follow me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, wonderful. So, yeah, and it, it fits the whole, it fits everything. It fits the pacing. It fits the music. It fits the dialogue. It fits the plot of this episode, right? It's, it's everything is this lamentation. It's a postmortem on a relationship. It's going back for cathartic experience with Elisa. And, um, since we're also a Firefly podcast, you guys, I have to bring this up. Rin's pants are way tighter than Malcolm Reynolds' pants. Okay, like this guy makes Malcolm Reynolds look like he's wearing Jenkos from the nineties. Okay. I mean, I'm convinced that that's actually what the bounty was on his head for. It was purely for the pants. It had nothing to do with him killing a guy. They were like well, actually, yeah. It's because Elisa was out to get him because he kept stealing her pants. <laughs> he was like, she's like, I got to put a bounty she's on him. Pissed. He's got all my pants. I but I love back. him. Yeah. Well, so I he just, doesn't need to know that it was me. <laughs> it was like, there's that one scene where he's like freaking out and he collapses onto the ground and his legs are folded. And I was like, man, he does pants. Do not, he should not be able to do that with his legs in those pants. They look like they were made of plastic or leather or something. Well, I over what if time. They were jeggings. Oh, they over could, time, well. and I know this from experience. Over time, when you wear really tight jeans for a long period of time, your legs just kind of form to the jeans and go any direction that those jeans are going. Hmm. So I understand. Thank you, know, you emo able kid, to fold his knees. For your your speaking from experience, the rest of us. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> God. No, I appreciate it. I just have to point out, I think everybody knows that you like emo music, right? Like, I don't think that's a secret. So, those kids Probably wear <laughs> those, those kids wear tight pants. I mean, everybody knows that. They so. do. They do. <laughs> uh, I still got a pair, but they're actual boy pants now. If you can't pants. Be- <laughs> Josh is 33, and now he wears boy pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to recover. Joshy growing up. Yeah, I don't know how to recover from that, you guys. Uh, I like that we see <laughs> spikes. <laughs> okay, is it, do you guys have any notes for this episode? Go ahead. Yes, um, Faye is not wearing any clothes when she is sunbathing. She is. What is the point? She in might that? as well just works. not be wearing any clothes. Yeah. What? It, <laughs> That's why you. That's how sunbathing works. You want to have. I mean, I guess the smallest there are of children present. There am child present. There are not children why, present. Why? Why isn't Spike out there with her with a little tiny, little patch Speedos. of cloth? You know. <laughs> Just a little man thong. Well, we don't. I mean, maybe that is how Spike sunbathes. We just haven't seen him do it yet. I just. Are we going know. to? That'd be awesome. I don't want to. No, because they only want to objectify women. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. That that scene, that whole sunbathing scene, is definitely like boobs. Here you go. (laughs) Boobs. And there was real no other purpose to it either. (laughs) No. Really add anything. No. No, Other than Ed is hilarious. What did did you say? Ed is funny. It was a character moment. It was. It was explaining. It was kind of showing you the difference between those two female characters, right? Like, here's Faye. Here's what's important to Faye. Here's Ed's understanding of that sort of world and doesn't really care. She's fishing, right? She's fishing for aliens. So, um, 
I I think that that scene, I mean, in particular, <clears throat> this show, I mean, the show is not not guilty of doing that, of objectifying the fake character like you were saying, Kylie. And we talked about that in the first episode. You know, it was like, this mm-hmm. is going to be happening. Is it something that bugs you or is it something you're just used to sort of a thing? Um, but in this episode in particular, I feel like they sort of tried to use it to be a character moment for her, right? The quote that she has, which I'm not going to share right now, I think is meant to give us some insight into why she operates the way that she does. And it's supposed to clearly indicate to us that this is her choice. This is an outfit that she picked for very specific reasons. She's still fully in control of her body and her wardrobe. So this is how she's choosing to express that control. Um, and I'm going to guess that this was the shot that maybe people people on Twitter, Sinicera in particular, were, was betting that Ricky might pick this shot for Ganymede Elegy. That's my guess, is the shot no. of <laughs> Faye <laughs> sunbathing in the oil. Um, Never even occurred to me. <laughs> I did dig. There's a very small detail. I don't know if you, if you guys picked this up, but she's also wearing like a very long, uh, very thin body chain that runs mm-hmm. like the whole length of her body. Um, and so, you know, like everything else about Faye, that body chain, I think, defies physics for most of the episode. I do really love... I feel like she got burned, too. She was really red at the end of the episode. She's great love, like, did, she, did she pass out out she there? She tanned real good. But, I mean, it's a great change because in the all the other episodes, she's been pale as heck, right? <laughs> like... Um, but the the real thing question is, she, is she going to be pale in the next episode? Right. Does the does the tan last in space? That's a good question. Um All right, we're talking about all these different character moments, character choices, that kind of thing. I had a real hard time with Elisa, her decision to choose Rint over Jet. Uh I don't know when I was just, you know, examining the two characters of Rint versus Jet and who would be a more attractive life partner. Rint has a bounty on his head. Uh he's murdering people jet while he's struggling he doesn't he doesn't have all of these like glaring faults that rent has so i i couldn't understand why so elisa would choose him so i feel like the very momentary montage slash flashback that we get i'm gonna call it a montage black uh it <laughs> it seems to indicate that rent shot somebody out of self-defense or like self-defense combined with panic right so it's not that he's necessarily a killer it's that it's that he's willing to go as far as he needs to well Um, it sounded like she had borrowed the money and so he was stepping in on her behalf and things just went terribly wrong they're both bad decision and to me yeah and to me that was the part that was upsetting right to me that was the part that was upsetting for jet was that he realized as soon as the guy was like, "It's there." there's a loan shark after them, Jet was like, okay, so he's in the trouble for the same reasons that she was mad at me and left me for, which is trying to keep her safe. And mm-hmm. for some reason, she's fine with that now. Um, and of course, we find out the reason that she's fine with it now is because this time she chose it, and it, it was you know some of her own decisions that led to it. So she's, you know, whatever, she's okay with it. Um, but I just... Yeah, I, I, I feel where you're coming from, Ricky. Rosie in the chat points out Rit needed her. Um, so she may have been looking for the opposite, right? Where Jet didn't need her. 
it was a setup where she kind of felt like she relied on Jet. So maybe she was looking for somebody who would rely on her. Um, so I just, I don't know. I I feel like there's a couple small details that I like in this one. One of them is when Spike is chasing them in their little speedboat, right? We see his ship lock onto them. And then we see yeah. him disengage that lock by like a half centimeter and then fire all his warning shots. So it's like Spike has a chance to just take these people's ship out, right? And he doesn't. And well, it was just the engine. He could have just taken right. the engine out too, but he decided not to. Right. The other thing that I like that Spike did in this episode is when the guy tells him, here's the bounty, here's why the guy is, has a bounty, you know, this, that, and the other thing. He goes, okay, uh, how much is it again? But that's actually after he finds out that the guy is associated with Elisa. So he's stalling here because right away when the guy says his name, he brings up the screen with the guy's face and there's a 1.8 mm-hmm. million Wulong bounty. So Spike right. is only asking here to stall and potentially give Jet some time to get out of a sticky situation or catch the guy himself, that kind of a thing, which I really right. love. It's it's right. this thing where we constantly see Spike and Jet not wanting to acknowledge each other's assistance and not wanting mm-hmm. to be like, hey, man, thanks for the help, and not wanting to be like, you know, I trust you and stuff like that. They want to mm-hmm. say stuff like, your call. Okay, I'm out of here. Don't care. Do whatever you want, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll watch I'm from still afar, super though. masculine. Right. Yeah, it's I. Yeah, it's it's a believable relationship for them to have. I think. Um, yeah. I definitely thought for sure. I didn't remember the ending of this episode. And I definitely thought for sure that Rent was going to crash and kill them both because he's there's that shot of him like driving very frantically through all the twists and turns mm-hmm. and all those silos and stuff. I was like, like oh, in he, the friend or the first episode where. Um, Asimov is all crazed and stuff. Like I was like, oh, psh, they're gonna, they're gonna die. But That's no. what I thought too. I was, I was referencing the first episode, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be just like then when they end up dying yeah. at the end. But it's gonna be even worse because it's Jet's ex. But alas, <laughs> speaking of that shot at the end, so when Jet finally catches them. And he's like very slowly walking toward her, paying no mind to the bullets that she's shooting at him (laughs) and explaining, you know, here's how our relationship went. And she's like, this is how I feel about it. That whole time, Rent has got to be sitting there going, what in the actual hell is going on? I have no idea what Um, any of the stuff they're talking about is like, (laughs) okay, LOL, JK, I'm going to run. Like for a second, he's just there like, listening he could have been running the entire time that jet was like slowly walking toward them and ignoring bullets it was just i yeah so this theme that we have running through the show of of time never stands still change is constant change is always prevalent um you know despite jet having the the stopwatch where the the hands are stopped symbolizing time standing still for him in some ways um but then he gets there and she's like no dude i don't even think about you i'm sorry um so burn that was uh, yeah and i feel like that's one of the relatable parts of this episode right everybody's had a or i think a lot of people maybe not everybody have had relationships or situations in their life where they thought that they were a really big part of somebody's life or a really important part of somebody's inner circle or something and then they find out that's kind of not the case um and there are tons of stories and movies and books and stuff about that i mean it's one of those pains that is universal and kind of sucks to be able to identify with it but you can identify with it um so 
that right there exactly the, for the kind of diversion we could have used thank you for bringing more firefly into our cowboy bebop sinisera <laughs> exactly when she's firing the gun at jet rent should be running now it's possible that his pants are so tight that they've constricted blood flow to his legs and he can no longer stand on his own so you know i mean it's it's possible i mean and um, again i know from experience that's a real thing so but exactly my and wow uh my my last question though is okay so we go through this whole thing where elisa is like i just want to make my own decisions i hated that you were taking care of me i was just like a child i didn't have any agency and then jet goes yeah i know whatever i'm very sorry and then he looks at rint and says take care of her right after she just said i don't want to be taken <laughs> care of so the question that i have is is this bad writing or is this them showing us that the jet black dog has got his teeth into this and he can't let it go right like he's set in his ways just like she is set in her ways of not thinking about this anymore it sounds oh, like such kind of generic dialogue that you take care of her. I want to say it's bad writing. It That's kind of the crappy answer to give, but I feel like it's bad writing. Could be a bad translation as well. It's Could true. Be. The live chat um, disagrees with you wholeheartedly. Rona says, true to the character, Sinisera says, men don't listen. Both of those things I agree with. So I feel like even if it is lazy or bad writing they may have gotten lucky here in that it just sort of fits thematically josh did you well, have maybe. Also, maybe. On that? I, also, it, it just might have been something like jets looking at this whole situation going well she can't really take care of herself this guy actually took care of the problem and you know granted he killed someone or whatever but like they were on the run and they could have probably gotten away for a while and well, he was most likely going to take care of the situation, I guess. I I think that I don't know. he he just feels like that's what's best for her or a, a woman or whatever is whether she doesn't want to be taken care of. I just it makes me feel better to be like, hey, take care of her and then I can be on my way. kind of thing. And it yeah. could be. Yeah, it could be him saying, hey, dude, I know this isn't really your fault. Like, uh take care of her because she's clearly struggling she went to a loan shark she got screwed for it and you got dragged into this right like you you're both gonna get a a chance here that was kind of what i was thinking too is like it it was i i don't know that's that's more along the lines of my thought process just i have poor wording skills rosie (laughs) says it's also jet passing on the responsibility to rent he is closure he has closure and is letting go that makes good good sense um I will point out, though, I think part of the point that Elisa was trying to make was that it isn't anybody's responsibility other than hers, even if she sucks at making decisions, which she basically says out loud, Um, which I I don't know. I I suppose I understand her sentiment, but I do not identify with that sentiment personally. Like if there's somebody in my circle of friends or my family that thinks I'm being an idiot, I have told them before, please let me know because I I don't have all of the experience, right? Like, and I have an overabundance of confidence. So even if I'm doing something in an incorrect direction, I will do that very confidently. So I have to I have to have input. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't make any other notes specifically for this that don't pertain to segments personally. Um, 
So I would like to open the floor now. Let's open it to Ricky D and then Josh and then Kylie. Do you guys have any notes from Ganymede Elegy that you feel like you have to get out? Uh, I wanted to say that I really like, despite some of my earlier protests, I like that we're staying in this solar system. We've spent a lot of time on different moons of Jupiter. Uh, it's it's kind of like w- this cartoon. It kind of flows with some of the astronomy classes I've taken. Mm. Like, it's just really cool rather than Firefly where there's just all these fantasy worlds that they're traveling to. I know something about all of these planets. I know a little bit about these moons of Jupiter and all this cool stuff. So I'm kind of enjoying that part of it. So Ricky has learned a few things, changed perspective, grown as a person. Love and respect that, Ricky D from Netflix, Ricky D. I think you're overstating it a bit. Never mind. No, no, no. That's that's what's happening. <laughs> we love Ricky D. He's our pod son. We're going to raise him right. Josh, did you have anything from this episode you feel like you have to get out? Uh, nah. Um, no. Just good for Jet. All moving on and shit. That's all I had. Um, yeah, to to just build off of that, I thought it was cool that he, um, in the end, you know, finds the little what the locket uh, pocket watch thing mm-hmm. in his pocket, and he's just like Psh, throws it in the lake. He's done with that chapter, moving on to the next chapter of this adventure we call life. I thought right. that was cool. His pocket watch with fifteen hour, either days or half days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not sure. I noticed that, there was but... a fourteen and a fifteen on his watch. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, so in my head, I immediately went, uh, well, what? the 24 hour system right. works on Earth. Exactly. Because that's how long it takes to yes. uh, for the Earth to rotate. But different planets, okay. different satellites. Josh. going to be different. You have an yes. internet. Will you look up how long an, a day is on Ganymede? It would be very cool if it happens to be 15 hours. That or, would be 30. Or 30 super hours. Sweet. Yeah. Um, What's the name of it again? Sorry, Ganymede. Ganymede. It's oh right on your screen. It's on the Um, it's on the screen. I'm sorry. (laughs) You control the screen. Uh, Phil in the chat says uh, it's the only way Jet feels comfortable walking away from the situation is knowing that somebody else is there to potentially absorb some of the blows. And he also said he loved the smaller scale of the series. Josh is making a face. Go, Josh. Go. Seven days and three hours. Yeah, so no, that's that's. Big. And it actually it doesn't even rotate. It uh, one side of it is always pointed at Jupiter. Uh, yeah, oh, so seventy five hours. That's what we call tidally locked, like the yes, moon. Tidally locked. Yep. You always see mm-hmm. the same side of the moon. We never see the dark side because it is tidally locked. Uh, I would imagine a lot of moons on Jupiter are tidally locked because of all the gravity. I don't know that, but it's it's a hundred percent a guess. I'm not a scientist. I do believe that gravity is the uh, common denominator there. So, <laughs> gravity is yes. always the common denominator yeah. in space. It's <laughs> so overdone. Um. So, all right, you guys. Well, if we don't have any other episode specific notes, I think that what we should probably do here is move right along into our weekly segments. Phil does say if it's a 75-hour day, then a 15-hour watch still makes sense, which is a good point because that would be five. Interesting. It's a uh, division of five, right? 15 times five is 75. So you'd have basically five 
75 is division of 15. You'd have, yeah, so you'd have five full clock face completions per day on Ganymede. So, very interesting. Very cool little detail. I love the world building in Cowboy Bebop, you guys. I think I've said that Mm -hmm. uh, 19 times in the first 10 episodes of this show. Um, So, anyways, as I was saying, I think it's time that we get into the first of our weekly segments. Now, this season, our weekly segments are a little more jazzy and unpredictable, which means that I don't write down which order they go in. So, this week, first up, it's going to be Spiegel Spiel. Spiegel Spiel, of course, is where we share our favorite lines of dialogue from the show, even if they were not spoken by Mr. Spike Spiegel. Now, uh, twist my arm. Oh, that's Josh. I was like, who's that in the chat? That's Josh. Um, (laughs) So, my... It's Ricky. (laughs) My immediate um, instinct here would be to go first, uh, but I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do instead is to invite my friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D to share both of his picks for Spiegelspiel for this week's episode. Take it away, Ricky D. Yeah, my first one, I'm a little concerned I'm going to take it because it was just such a great quote. Other people are probably going to choose it. But uh, Jet says, nothing good comes from Earth anymore. And I was just like, oh, that is awesome. When they, you know, everybody on Earth has been driven underground. There are these incredible cities just that are part of moons that are floating around in our uh, atmosphere or in our solar system. So I loved when Jet said that. And then for the second one, Ganymede Elegy. Uh, this right at the very end, I think Jet said it again, and that was, time never stands still. And that was another just really good one. Uh, I like to say, time is a son of a bee. I've been known to say that quite a few times, just because you can feel like time is not passing. It's only been a week. It's only been a month. It's only been this time. But then you look back, and it's like, oh, my God, time has just been flying, and you got to keep up with it. Yeah. I mean, especially over the last year, right? I mean, yes, everybody knows that feeling. They know what what Spike is or what Jed is talking about. I mean, sometimes it does feel like time is standing still, but we know for sure that it isn't. I actually, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, I also picked that quote about nothing good comes from Earth anymore. Um, to your point, man, there are moments sometimes in my day where I agree with that a hundred percent, but <laughs> yeah. it never lasts for a whole day. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Um, let's go, Josh. Next, did you have picks this week for Spiegel Spiel? Yep. Um, luckily, half of my day is spent doing podcast things, so my that nothing come nothing good comes from Earth anymore kind of fades at the the end of my days, which is nice. Um, so my first line, Spiegel Spiel, is from the the from the first episode was spoken by Faye. Really, you know, really straight and to the point. Earthlings are weird. I like it. I like that. I like that because mm-hmm. now, now Earth is like the Florida of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Florida. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah. Um, and then my second quote actually kind of, it's, it's the first time that your line was said, and it was by Elisa. Um because I was one of those people that like had a had a big coming to Jesus moment 
when I realized that I wasn't the center of the goddamn world. And it was it was a very humbling experience. Um, but what Elisa says, the way you talk about it, you seem to think that time really has stopped here. That's a story from long ago, and I've forgotten about that. Time never stands still. And that, like, that's that's something that I feel like people hear when they have those coming to Jesus moments. They're yeah. like, oh, wait, oh, d- damn it, you're right. I, mm. It's kind of one of those <clears throat> get out of the past things. You know what I mean? 100%. And uh, that was that was something that, you know, when I was younger, um, it was it was a little it was a little hard to get out of the past for a minute. So it, it spoke to me that line. I, did. Yeah. Kylie, what, what's, I uh, like what's those picks line? for that reason. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Um, so my picks um, for all of the segments are <clears throat> Edward related. Um, but I am just so a fan of the fun little things that she says and the way she says things. And my favorite one for this one is when she's just kind of talking and she says, satellite from days of old, lead me to your access code. (laughs) (laughs) Great rhyme. It's so cute. I think Kylie kind of naturally sounds like Ed. I have a very, I have a very um, high pitched kind of voice. It's actually kind of a bummer because my grandpa can't hear me on the phone. I, I swear. Oh, um, you have that frequency. Yeah, yeah. I like here. Um yep. but wow. like I can do I can do a badass Getty Lee of Rush oh. at like karaoke and stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But then on yeah, on the other side my grandpa can't hear me on the phone, so <laughs> show name idea. Badass Getty Lee. Badass Getty Lee. It's <laughs> rough. <laughs> well, um I so my favorite scene in the first episode this week is when they're in space and they're going to go disable this satellite, right? And they ask, you know, they ask Ed, okay, well then what's the plan? What are we going to do? How am I supposed to get close? And it goes, oh, just use Faye as bait. And <laughs> Spike, without missing a beat, goes, thanks, Faye. And I... Yeah. Uh, laughed so hard like i because i forgot about the line and it caught me completely off guard i laughed so hard (laughs) i did this time wake up mrs sudden and fortunately she's very forgiving and she's very quick to fall back asleep so everything was fine but i just i love the way that he read that line thanks Faye. that's so nice of you it was like (laughs) so snarky so well done i love that line um, and then, as I had had mentioned before, Ricky D did take my pick for episode two, but that's totally cool. I, it was a great pick, and any time that I agree with Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, I take that as a sign that I'm doing something right. Speaking of doing things right, Josh, you are knocking it out of the park, running shows for the Twist My Arm Network and the Twist My Arm podcast, by the way, and I just want to say thank you for that. I would also like to say, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and queue up that transition for Shot of the Show. Shot of the show, of course, is where we share our favorite, most visually pleasing, or maybe even most visually meaningful moments of each episode each week. We're going to go in the same order that we just went in. So, my friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, please give us your first selection for Shot of the Show this week. Yeah, first one was at 8 minutes and 41 seconds. Are we going to throw it up? There we yes, go. Sir. 
Uh, this was when Ayn and Ed are meeting. Uh, first of all, I'm always kind of perking up and paying extra attention when Ayn shows up. Uh, I really liked his interaction with Ed here. And from what Kylie kind of mentioned earlier, it sounds like they're going to have a good relationship on the um, on the Cowboy Bebop. So, or no, is it the Cowboy Bebop or is it just the Bebop? It's bebop? just the Bebop. The just bebop. the Bebop. Okay. Yeah. It's full I of cowboys. They're going to have, yeah, okay. I think they're going to have a lot yeah. of fun together. And your and then second pick. For my second one, this was at 12 minutes and 39 seconds into the second episode. But according to Jesse, uh, it was a whole 30 second long shot. So I could have picked at 12.29. I could have picked <laughs> at 12.47. Uh, but this was that shot that was hanging out the 30 second long. And it just, it says so much in this mm-hmm. shot. There's a reason why they left this here for so long, just running dialogue over it is because you can see Jet just kind of lamenting and pouring his feelings into his drink. You can see Elisa turning her back to him. She's not even facing the same direction. Uh, there's a lot of shame in that posture. And uh, this this image just says almost the entire episode. Yeah, you can see, you can almost see that they're having a postmortem on their relationship just from this and there's no i mean this is like watching the show right because there's nothing moving in this shot so we just leave it up for 30 seconds and that would be like what it was like and yeah to ricky d's point i mean they really nail the atmosphere here you know it's dark they've got a little bit of curve on that shot so it's like you're in an actual room with an up close lens and i just yeah i excellent excellent choices my friend with that, let's go ahead and, yes, that's an excellent point, Rona. Ricky D is the benchmark for getting things right. I say that with almost no irony. With that, let's move I didn't sense any. to Josh's selections for shot of the show this week. Josh, my friend, take it away. Okay, so my first shot in the first episode was at minute 22.40. It's the very <laughs> end. <laughs> and it just makes me giggle. Um, because you know, the earth needs a little bit more big smiles, but yeah, I just, I really liked that, uh, that, uh, shot there. Um, sorry, now that's a Nazca line. Yeah. Right. No yes. shit. <laughs> it's wonderful. You think that's what she got to pick with? Um, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they did. Maybe they did just draw that giant face into the earth because they could, <laughs> but. Yes, I really like that it. shot. Um, and then my second shot comes, let's see, episode 10. It was at the 2 minute and 28 second mark. Um, it is <laughs> this one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she's being all oh, ridiculous. It is when Ed is just had fallen on to the guy that kicked Ian. And then Ed starts rolling on the ground and does this, like, just puts her ass straight up and, like, I don't know, she's doing, like, a diva dance kind of thing. It's like she's trying to do the worm but not able to do it. And Stops. The guy is like, what the hell are you doing? Josh, you got to take this picture down. I can't look at it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so funny, though. Silly. (laughs) Have you ever seen that? Uh, it's is it a, America's next? What is it? Uh, I don't even know. But it's like it's one new one with Simon Cowell on it, 
and they have this guy come America's on. America's Got Talent. Yes, and it's this guy that comes on, and he does this. He's like a, he's got like a, a lisp, and he's like, I still live with my mom and dad, and I'm just here to dance. And he's like really, really good. I come to find out that guy's actually an actor, and uh, oh, okay. the whole thing is fake. I see. But what? when I was ignorant to the fact that it wasn't fake, it was uh, pretty cool. So basically, he did the worm, and he's... Josh is saying that he likes the worm very much. Yeah, yeah. The way yeah, that yeah. he did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the worm. All the right. Worm. All right, like, guys. Don't Dang. oversimplify me, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no. So, oh. I'm going to try and make this a little bit bigger. Okay, uh, I guess to I'd answer, be next, though. To answer the question from live chat, Sinisera, yes, I do always watch the On the Next Session clips because I love those little narration pieces. I can't speak for everyone. Yes. I don't know if we all do. Do we? Okay. You know? Yes. We didn't this week um, when I watched it. We watched it together, but I usually do watch them. I didn't know they were there. Oh, You're oh good. my they're gosh. Very, they're very short. Coming from the guy who has to stay until the end credits are over for literally everything under the sun. This is the one thing. The one thing, Josh. This is the (laughs) 90s, man. They don't have that shit in the 90s. (laughs) Well, apparently they do. Well, Well, in the episode of Pokemon. Right. Well, and it keeps Josh fresh, right? We could say that it keeps Josh from knowing too much about what's coming up, but... Yeah, um, and I probably will continue to not watch those because <laughs> I am okay with not seeing. Because the one that I saw today was at the very end of uh, episode nine, and so it was yeah. going into episode ten and showing, you know, the the city that Jet goes to and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, right. I'm okay with not, like, especially after watching episode ten, I still didn't go back and watch it because I'm okay with not having any idea of what's going to happen in the next episode. Hmm. I could see that. I, 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 either way is fair, I think. And as if long I was as watching this when it first came out, you best believe I'd be watching. Well, <laughs> that well, well as long thing. as as long as you are enjoying the way that you're watching it, that's all that matters to me specifically. So, um, with that, let's move. Kylie, did you have selections for shot of the show this week? I did. Um, it's I'm sorry, uh, yeah, it's, so it's small. tiny. Okay, the formatting we'll have to work on this, but. It's it's where if you can't see, um, Ed is swinging, eyeing around, being all adorable. Hey, I'm hearing some uh, cat growling. I'm Cat's sorry, growling. but no, it's just like a just a, a super cute peek into the wonderful universe that is Ayn and Ed, and uh, yeah, super awesome. It's just that I scene. I can't remember what she says right there, but it was super adorable. But anywho, it it was funny, too. How did I not write that down? Because that was a really funny line. It was something something about orange juice, I feel like. It was something (laughs) like way obscure, but it was very cute. Yep. Nope. It's gone. Yeah, I didn't write it down, but. And did you have a second choice? Um, No, no, that is going to be it for me. Okay. I'm deeply disappointed. So my choices this week, uh, the first one for (laughs) Jimming with Edward uh, takes place at 17 minutes and 12 seconds into the episode. And uh, this is Spike 
looking through right yeah you're good this is spike looking through the canopy of his corvette at all this space trash and all the satellites that he's about to navigate deftly if i may and he he looks at this and instead of going oh my god this is gonna be impossible he goes okay now this is fun now i feel challenged let's do this i'm enjoying myself i'm totally ready let's actually do something instead of going to catch a hacker this is what yeah. this is what he thinks is fun right this is why he's a cowboy so um well, he probably just imagines all hackers are like mr universe or whatever that guy's right. name was he's right. like i really don't want to deal with those kind of eccentric douchebags well and it sounds like he and fabe have probably similar opinions on that it's just that the resulting feeling of that opinion is opposite for the two of them right they're both like yes we agree that hackers suck I think they're easy. I think they're boring. So I love this shot. It's just, I mean, I love that, that Spike goes everywhere in a red Corvette in space. That's just cool. And Phil <laughs> is right. You can't stop the signal, Mal. So my second selection this week for a shot of the show from episode 10, Ganymede LG, takes place at 20 minutes and two seconds. And this is where... Uh, Jet is in the middle of confronting, you'll see him on the right side there, is in the middle of confronting Elise and Rint on the left side of your screen. This is shot through one of those diamond chain link fences, and there is a, I assume, some sort of freighter, maybe a passenger carrier of some kind flying overhead. And to me, this just really is emblematic of this entire episode. It's very noir, very old school and stylized it's almost silhouette and it really emphasizes that here life and time do not stand still you know even though um jet and the other two characters are having this huge potentially life-changing moment other people are just getting in on their flight and it's just a another day for them right industry goes on fishing goes on everything else around them keeps moving except for them they're standing perfectly still trying to figure out what's going on everything else in this shot except for what could be called their cage in the foreground is moving and them so that's still everything and they're still it kind of reminds me of terminator for whatever reason i don't know because of the because <laughs> of the fence yeah yeah and the coloring the, in the, the sky and the the coloring yeah just got that dun, 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 dun feel well and know? i mean look at that ship though those are definite um imperial engines right there that's that's all there absolutely is to that. yeah that so. you yep not wrong so with that let's go ahead and give these this pair of episodes some ratings you guys it's been a while since we forgot to rate an episode so let's keep the streak alive and yes. let's ask how jazzy was it that's not really what this segment is called we'll come up with something um let's actually go in reverse order this time i want to hear kylie's thoughts then josh's then ricky's okay we're just doing the first one right now or are we doing both uh both. give us yeah give both. us both your ratings okay all right, I'm going to say a good solid nine um, for the first one, the um, jamming with Edward, uh, mostly just because Edward's my fave and this is super fun. And <clears throat> I, I don't know, I guess the show would probably be a good solid one without Edward, but with Edward, it kind of just makes the whole thing. So a good solid nine for that one. And then for the next one, the Ganymede um, Elegy. 
I'm going to say good seven. Um, it was a good episode, a nice, good uh, backstory for Jet. Um, but I guess just, you know, not, not as exciting as as the rest. So seven. Cool. My friend Josh. Um, for the first episode, originally, I gave it an eight. After talking about it more, I'm going to boost it up to an 8.5. Um because Ed's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's all there is to it. Like, I I would have rated it higher, but I want to see more. I want to see more of what Edward does before, you know, like, I, I can't. There's not a 10 yet. There hasn't been a 10 yet. I don't know. <laughs> I just haven't been able to give any episode a 10 yet. And that includes episode 10. Um, I actually am giving that one a 7. Although I loved the character building of uh jet and his backstory and i liked the chase scene there was a lot of still shots sure. <laughs> there were it, it, the pacing was slower so, that's definitely sure and which really again the story is great you you guys know me i'm a serialized guy i love that mm-hmm. stuff but i d- also do like you know a little bit more camera action with my cartoons yeah, and I really quickly, if I could, those of you that shared your shot of the show time code with us in the in the live chat, I'm going to include those in my selections this week on Instagram. So thank you very much for doing that. Please continue to do that, and you will see your picks for shot of the show on the Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. Thank you for doing that. And if you either send us a DM or send us an email at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail dot com with your time code. We can go through those time codes as well. I can and actually share I, them. It yeah. gives me time to bring the shot up um, and I can isolate it and bring it into the show and we can, you know, say this was such and such as shot of the show. So we just we just got to have it a little bit earlier. Yes, it's difficult and, and it can it. it can mess with our calibration to do it live. So if you if you DM us prior to the show going live, we will totally make you part of the show and hook you right up. I'm sorry to interrupt. Indeed. Go ahead. Thank you Josh for your selections. Those are both very good ratings and I feel your logic <laughs> on them. Usually a lot of times I disagree with your logic and I just try to be nice about it, but this time I really like your logic. So um I Ricky appreciate D. your honesty. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm here for. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What are your ratings for these episodes, my friend? For Jamming with Edward, I went to 9.5. I really enjoyed this episode. I'm really enjoying the introduction of the Ed character. Uh, usually when you have just this annoying weirdo kid bopping around and being awkward, not my favorite thing. But there's something about this new Edward character that I am really enjoying. So... He really made this episode what it was for me, and that's why I went 9.5, and I'm really excited to see more out of him. Very cool. And then for Ganymede Elegy, I'm going a little bit lower at 7.5. It was a little bit slower, like we've mentioned. Uh, There's a lot of decisions in this that, uh, like, the Elisa character, she seemed to be so prominently featured, but... I kind of feel like we're not going to see any more of her. And if we do, it'll be just one more episode with her. So it just, it didn't contribute to as much of the storyline that I wanted to see, but 7.5 isn't bad. There was still plenty of great things in the episode. Uh, It was just 
a little bit lesser than what I've been used to. Okay, I can dig that. So, my ratings for these two episodes for for jamming with Edward, I'm I'm gonna go solid eight point five. Uh, I love this episode. For me personally, like if I had any issue with this episode, it was entirely fixed by Spike saying thanks, Faye, when <laughs> Edward suggests that they use Faye as bait. So I'm yeah. easy. I'm, I'm I rate emotionally. I think you guys know that. I'm never gonna stop doing that. Um, so I, I, that's where I landed on that episode. Um, for the second episode, I, this is going to be my lowest rating so far. I think this season, which is a 6.5, it's still not, uh, I'm, I'm not going to skip this on a rewatch or anything like that. I would still watch through it. It's just that, I don't know. The, the pacing is not bad and it's, I want to stress that the pacing doesn't take my rating down on it. It's, the feel of the episode for me is just a little I don't know it's not that it's unnecessary it's that I guess I'm I'm I want to stay in space as much as we can um if if we're on a planet I'm cool with that you know if we're on an asteroid I'm cool with that if we're in a city I'm cool with that but I just I I I crave space in my space shows and this was real I mean you know to to Ricky D's point from a few episodes ago this felt real local right because it was <laughs> just a fishing town and I mean anybody who's ever lived on the east coast or spent some time there knows I mean that's pretty much what it's like so um I I I'm going to give this one a 6.5 and a, uh with a a caveat attached to it that says that sounds low but it's not because i i'm not going to skip it and it's uh, for me an, an, an episode that's a five is an episode that i don't care if i see or not um so for me this is better than an average episode of tv because most episodes of tv i don't care if i see it or not so we need um, to find a show that's not like the best to everybody like i feel like we've been watching shows that are absolutely awesome and most people love them and yep. we never rate anything lower than maybe a 6.5. 6. I feel like we need some controversy. I'm going to switch my rating. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. You can come on Best Flicks and talk about bad shows if you want. I was, Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> we got to think of some good ones for him, too. You're so. right. Yep. You're right. Yep. So I mm. took the liberty this time because I think I didn't do it last week. Um, I, I did do the math this time, you guys. So right, we nice. have... The first episode, Jamming with Edward, gets an 8.8 out of 10 from the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop crew. And the second episode that we watched this week, the uh, Ganymede Elegy, gets an even 7 out of 10. So even the episodes that we're not crazy about are coming in with high ranks. So that's that's great. And I think it speaks to the overall quality of the show, to, like you were saying, Josh. That's a, That's a good point to bring up. So... The last thing that we generally do with these shows, you guys, is we give some big shouts to the Bounty Hunters. And, of course, the Bounty Hunters are our listeners, our friends on social media, the people that help us get our names, our voices, and our faces out there. Because without those folks, there ain't us. So, let me open this up. Uh, Ricky D., do you have any big shouts for Bounty Hunters this week that you'd like to share? Yeah, I do have one. There is somebody on Twitter called at that is C R A P F L I X. Crap flicks. Love it. All right. Uh, it's kind of almost in direct opposition to best flicks. Uh, we just happened to run into each other and sent a couple messages back and forth. And I've 
he's a cool guy, and I might be doing some work with him in the future. So, Crapflix on Twitter, cool guy. I dig that. Follow at Crapflix. Uh, Kylie, did you have any big shouts this week? Gosh, you know, I don't. Um, and that's mostly on me for not not being um, super present in the social media platforms across, you know, Hey, he's working a big girl job, though. I am, I am. a lot of time for Twitter right now. And you Somebody know, at that'll... Josh's house has to be a grown-up, so it may as well be you, Kylie. <laughs> Somebody does. Um, but in the meantime, still appreciative to everybody Look who at him. always, he's you know, he's so mad. Us, so. He's like this... <laughs> <laughs> No, um, but no, everybody, thank you, love you, all the same. Everybody's yes. good. Yes. Josh, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I. It's it's totally true. I mean, Kylie doesn't own all the Star Wars toys in the house. <laughs> Kylie, Kylie doesn't own a green screen and a computer for podcasting. She owns a computer for work to make money. <laughs> so, you're not wrong. Um, I had... A shout out for the band Messiahvor for coming on my show. I did not realize that Messiahvor means God Eater, and you guys should listen to the podcast to figure out how we got the idea of handing out communion at a God Eater show. <laughs> it's great. They were on the episode this last week, um, and they're actually playing a show right now at the Oriental. They're probably doing their music video release right now i apologize i couldn't make that show i will be to one of your shows in the very near future um but big shout out to to messiah for i had a great time um talking to them about music and stuff like that um and you know um I, another shout out for measuring the score because those guys are awesome they gave us a shout out um in one of their newer episodes um, and then I wanted to shout out Aaron from It's a Fandom Thing. If you haven't listened to It's a Fandom Thing yet, um, or measuring the score, you need to check them out. Um, they they have some really fun shows. And uh, so, if you would like to follow them on Twitter, measuring the score is at measure the score. Aaron can be found you. at Fandom Thing Pod or yep. at E April Beauty. The E, the A, and the B are capitalized. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Um, I I will have different shout outs next week, but these these guys I just feel like needed a needed a good shout this week because because yeah, very yeah. cool. That's excellent. <laughs> we love big shouts for the bounty hunters. Now you may remember last week or the week prior or at some point in the past that I don't remember the specificity of even just a little bit. I mentioned that I had put out a tweet asking indie podcasters to please send me links to their shows so that I could share them in our Big Shout section. And um, if you've ever gone on Twitter and asked for podcast recommendations, you know that I got a lot of answers for that. Mm. Uh, so I've actually got shout outs for like the next four shows lined up. And these are all the people that still replied oh, nice. to that original thread. This is not everybody from the thread. I'm going to do three at a time because there were a lot on there. I just want to say thank you again to everybody who has been helping us increase our reach on Twitter at Sudden Butt on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast at YouTube.com slash Twist My Arm Podcast. I mean, you guys, you're making us feel like we're more than just a group of people putting out a show for no one. I know that we have listeners and we have watchers, and I I personally love every single one of you in like the most like total 
platonic friend, I'm so happy we are watching this cool stuff together way. So thank you so much for that. Now, to start my big shouts for the Bounty Hunters this week, we have at Podcast Tattoo Squid. That is T-A, the number two, and then the word squid. And that is anything and everything talk show from Tattoo Squid. And the second one we have is at Self Shoots, which is the Self Shoots from the Hip podcast, where the host talks about black culture, pop culture, and that gray stuff in between, which I love that that tagline. That's very well done. And then the last one that we have for indie podcaster shout outs this week is the at sounds creepy pod which is a podcast about creepy movie scenes by at nick's tiny planet so to get all those folks on twitter just go ahead and follow at sudden butt because we have over a thousand followers and all of the people that i just mentioned are in there and if you follow at Sudden Butt on Twitter, then again, like I said before, you can enter the Sudden Butt 1K Blu-ray giveaway, and I know that you want to. So make sure that you're doing also that. check the show notes. Show notes always have those links, too. Oh, yes. All of these links, every time that we mention big shouts, these are always in our show notes. So uh, Sinisera in the chat, you can find links to his shop in our show notes. You can find link to the Geek Etched shop in our show notes. Um all of our shepherds from the previous season are in the old show notes. There's all kinds of links, you guys. There are links to everybody that we thank verbally on the show in the show notes. And that includes the ones that Ricky D and Josh bring up. I don't have those ahead of time, but I go get them after they say them and we include them in the show notes. Just as kind of our way to show a little bit of appreciation. And, you know, as we've said before, the other way that we want to show that appreciation is with TMA PodCon 21. So if you haven't, just go to twistmyarmpodcast.com and sign up for it. If you're an indie podcaster, if you're not and you just want to watch a bunch of podcasters talk about podcasting, first of all, you're a weirdo. Second of all, we'd love to have you, and it's free, so you may as well go register. Um, I don't really have basically anything else, you guys, and, and I, I don't know if you can tell that I'm stalling, but I'm totally stalling because I don't want to leave. I, I, it's hard for me at the end of every show to let the show end um rosie if you're asking what the show notes are if you listen on a podcasting app say google or apple or spotify if you click on the episode name it will bring up that full description it's got probably a paragraph of what the show is about and you'll see the links in there there'll be highlighted links that you can click on to all of the people that support us if you're looking to follow them on social media or support their stores much as you have already done with our friend sinisera i want to say thank you Thank you so much, Rosie, for proving that the brown coats and the listeners that are associated with our show are here to support all the brown coats that are associated everywhere. That's just really, really cool. So before we get out of here and I close everything down and I just retreat back into normal life, Josh and Kylie, is there anything you feel like you have to get out this week before we go? No, sir. Not here. No. No. You guys, you guys see and hear enough of me every week with Marvel, <laughs> with this show, with TMA. I got nothing more. Wonderful. And do definitely check out Twist My Arm Podcast. They're finishing up their current season where they talk to indie podcasters, local bands, anybody that makes something that wants to get their name out there. That's the Messiah of War was actually the last episode of this season. I will right. not be doing another TMA until um, the beginning. Beginning of August, I'm having the Cobra Kai paintball team on who we sponsor in events around the country. So, yeah, no big deal. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, we're that cool. That's how cool we are. So, <laughs> um, to my 
other consummately professional friend, Ricky D from Best Flicks. With Ricky D, is there anything else you'd like to get out this week? I think I am good to go. Thank you. You're quite welcome, you guys. For the sign-off, let's go Ricky, Kylie, Josh, me. Okay? Now, before we do go, I'm going to say thank you one more time, personally, directly, to every single one of you in the live chat and to every single one of you out there listening to the podcast version. But I don't know your names, but the names of the people in live chat are at Sinisera, Philip Krogmeyer, Rona Dunphy, Callie D, Rosie. You folks are the best. They... I I just thank you guys so much for being here with us. I this this little found family circle of ours watching wonderful space cowboy shows together is so happy to have you. So thank you for coming along with us. So this show is called The Sudden But Inevitable Rebop. This is my friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Say your name, son. My name is Ricky D and I'm here from Best Flicks with Ricky D. I've been Kylie. And I'm Josh. And my name is Jesse. See you, Space Cow folks. Man, how did I not think about saying my name stupidly at every end of the show from the beginning? I'm going to do that now. I mean, you haven't been in the last couple of weeks? Just... <laughs>